0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. We're going to try and get the show back on the rails. (laughs) That, uh... We went way, way off the rails with a bit with Beth, as we usually do. But if you missed any of the first hour of the show, WFNC.com for the full hours, bits, interviews, and whatnot. We got Braden Gall. Uh, Athlon Sports also uh, he hosts the SEC show Fringe Element. We'll talk college football realignment coming up in 40 minutes. More summer league overreaction, which I know everybody wanted. But uh, in case there's any doubt of how I feel... About the Baker Mayfield deal. The Carolina Panthers were not going to be competitive two days ago to me. Yesterday at 150, one, I know it was 135 when I got the, the news and we brought it on the air. It felt like there is real tangible hope. And I, I've seen uh, Skip Bayless has said this is the worst possible situation for uh, for for Baker Mayfield. I would also like Skip Bayless to to break down film of the games he watched in the last three years of the Carolina Panthers. If anybody's panning this move, one they just don't understand the importance of getting a good starting NFL quarterback as cheap as Carolina did, and that is a real feather in the cap of 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 Scott Fitterer. To get Baker Mayfield for, at worst, a fourth-round pick two years from now, at best, it's going to be like a fifth-round pick, depending on the conditions met. And then only have to pay that guy $5 million? It is the perfect rebuttal after whiffing on Sam Darnold last year. A lot of the moves that were made, from a financial side of things, from the roster side of things, were made... Because you had to make up for a god-awful trade last year in Sam Darnold, giving a two, a four, and a six, then guaranteeing his fifth-year option before he stepped on the field. So, Scott Fitter, kudos to you. Now, there's been a thought process about the uh, the, the reports out there, right? I even heard it from the Panthers yesterday. There's going to be a quarterback competition. Bucky Brooks was on the herd yesterday with Colin Coward and said as much. Here's what Bucky had to say. I feel like it's a necessary move for the Carolina Panthers to shore up the quarterback room. But I think it would be interesting to see Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in training camp. Uh, The way the money is split up, the Browns are taking on $10 million. The Panthers are paying Baker Mayfield $5 million, which is backup money. Uh, This legitimately could be a quarterback competition. It won't be. Is there anybody left out there that needs to see more about Sam Darnold? Because if... If you and I, we're laymen, right? You and I are not NFL-trained eyes. They always talk. NFL guys love to tell you who's an NFL guy and who's not an NFL guy. I'm going to tell you right now. If I and you and everybody else can tell after watching Sam last year, it's not about physical talent. Believe it or not, Sam was absolutely deserving of being the number three pick in the 2018 draft because physically he is big, athletic, with a great arm. The problem is everything else. The problem is how he deploys those weapons. I do not believe for a second that this is a quarterback competition. They might intend that. They might have sold it to Sam that way. And I think Bucky makes a really interesting point about money. Sam will be making twenty this year. Baker will be making five on the Carolina Panthers dime. That shouldn't matter. I realize sometimes in at most times in the NFL, go where the money says you're going to go. This isn't one of those times. There is literally no reason to start Sam Darnold or to let Sam Darnold battle Baker Mayfield for the quarterback job. He's trash. I don't know who needs to hear that he's trash. Who's left? Because I know you guys know it. You guys watched it with your own peepers. But I don't know why in the national media there are still people that hold a candle for Sam Darnold. I do not get it. I want them drug-tested immediately, and I want them incarcerated for having god-awful takes. Sam's going to be on this roster because he's making $19 million, and you're going to pay him that anyways. I laughed really hard. Pro Football Talk yesterday said released a report saying the Panthers have no plans on trading for Sam Darnold. I think what that really is mean, means to say is the rest of the NFL has no plans to trade for Sam Darnold. But I do think it's interesting. Here's where I think i it doesn't matter whether it's a real competition or not to me because the end is Baker Mayfield is the better quarterback. Don't talk to me about physical talent. Don't talk to me about who's taller, who's more athletic. I don't give a care. Watch football and Baker Mayfield is not just a little bit better than Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield, look at his stats. Baker Mayfield had the lesser of his two seasons last year. And it was still better statistically than Sam Darnold's best year in the NFL, which was his second year in the NFL. We haven't seen that in going on three years. So even if there is a quote-unquote competition, I'll ask you guys, do you think this is a legitimate quarterback competition? I'm still pretty confident that a guy who in two years has thrown for 43 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, and a sixty-one and a, 61.6 completion percentage, I'm still pretty confident that guy's going to win. If it's a fair competition, because that's actually my biggest concern. If it's just on who's the better quarterback, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be the starting quarterback if this is a real quarterback competition. I think we all know the Ben McAdoo comments floating out in the ether from the draft four years ago. I think we all know that Matt Rule seems to have a soft spot for Sam Darnold for some freaking reason, but I still, it's too much, it, it's too logical to me that Baker's going to be the starting quarterback, but can I tell you why Baker Mayfield being traded for Sam Darnold might actually be the best thing to ever happen to Sam Darnold? Again, this is, this is an assessment of how Sam has been handled, not of Sam the person. Sam the person is a good dude, and I've tried to say that. Every time I've told you he's a trash-ass quarterback, I've tried to tell you what a good dude he is. But I think that locker room really early on knew that Sam wasn't it. I actually, and I'm going to relate it to a corollary here. When everybody in this town was freaking out about Kyle Allen, when Kyle Allen was balling out, taking over for Cam four years ago, those first couple games where they were winning and he looked good, I had dudes in the locker room tell me, Nick, this ain't it. We're doing everything we can to protect him. Now, I did not have the the same kind of access to the locker room, given the pandemic, given the changeover in organization that I did when, when the Kyle Allen stuff happened. But look at how guys reacted to Sam on the field. They were lethargic. They were down in the dumps. Because they knew halfway into that season, the season was over. With Sam at quarterback, they stopped believing they could win. And I think the one thing, getting back to the idea of a real assessment of Sam Darnold, not the not the person, great dude, fun dude, low, what is it, Cali cool dude. But the player has been gifted everything in his NFL career. They didn't bring in I love Josh McCown. Josh McCown was not going to beat out Sam Darnold the first two years in New York. That third year, their backup quarterback was Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon was not beating out Sam Darnold. That was not a there was not a quarter, there was not a thought in anyone's head that Trevor Simeon was going to start over Sam Darnold in his final year in New York. Even here, guys. Why was I, I was not just pissed about the Sam trade last year. I was pissed because they, they bet the house on Sam Darnold. It was Sam or bust, and they didn't safeguard themselves with a good backup quarterback. P.J. Walker's a great story. He's not a sufficient backup quarterback in the NFL. Now, this is the first time in a purported quarterback battle where Sam doesn't have the upper hand. All that nonsense of, well, no Adam Gase, well, the talent, it's a bad organization. I actually think this being the first time Sam is not been gifted something in his career, I am curious to see how he responds to that. I don't buy into edgy Sam Darnold. Apologies to the edgy Sam Darnold honks out there. I don't necessarily buy into it. But if there's a time for Sam Darnold to get real pissed off, like, uh, who is it, Milton from Dodgeball, when he sees his wife canoodling with some good-looking young jock in the stands in the movie Dodgeball? And he rages out and just mows down the other team in Dodgeball? I'm, I'm talking about the in the game, not in the movie, but it is in the Dodgeball movie. If there's a time for him to go out and just geek out and play like he's pissed off, the time is now. I think inevitably, I don't, I don't think it's in Sam's DNA to, to to for this to motivate him, and suddenly he puts it all together. Because I think the reality with Sam is the pieces don't fit with Sam. You can be a big, athletic quarterback with a rocket for an arm, but what but happens between your ears matters more than anything. Tom Brady had a limp noodle coming out of Michigan. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Joe Joe Montana, third round pick, good arm, not a great arm, athletic. But at the time, he didn't fit the mold of what a quarterback was. Joe Montana had it. Baker Mayfield, sure, he's six foot tall. Sure, he's a little stocky. I like to, I, 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 He's thick with two Cs. Baker Mayfield, be in, a, be, in a, be in a locker room for two seconds with Baker Mayfield. You'll see that he has it. If this is a quarterback competition, open, shut, Baker's the quarterback. If it's a legit one. If if Matt Rule isn't trying to rig this on behalf, and I'm not, I am not, I shouldn't suggest that he is, but if he is trying to rig this on, on behalf of, of Sam Darnold, that is, Baker's going to be the starting quarterback. He's better. He's going to walk into that locker room, and guys are going to accept him. The locker room's going to tell you first, guys. 704-570-9610. Want to hear from you guys on the Garage Door Guru text line. I'm vibing today. It's Baker Mayfield Day. He is in town for... Uh, his uh, physical. I'm excited to see. Uh, for once, I'm I'm happy to be back and excited for the Carolina Panthers. They are they had the best off by far. They've had under Matt Rule and probably not not probably. I think it's a better off season than year one of Scott Fitterer as well. NBA headlines including the great hype of the summer league next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 Uh Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Some news to pass along here. Devontae Graham, former Hornet, now with the Pelicans, was charged with uh, DWI in Raleigh. So, uh, yet another Hornet-related news item. Obviously, he's a Pelican now, so he's not a Hornet. But, uh, basically, if you have any ties to the Charlotte Hornets, I'd just sit out the next couple months. I feel like the seven degrees of the Charlotte Hornets is not working out for anyone right now. That is the latest news, but usually we do it at 1140, but we got Braden Gall coming up in just about 20 minutes here. It is time for Radio Tinder. Give us a name, a topic, an idea, a statement. We will swipe left. If we don't like it, we'll swipe right if we do. Plenty of Baker Mayfield ones we can get to. I want to start with... Twitter has another new greatest player of all time based off the summer league. Kenneth Lofton Jr., no relation to the former Guardians great center fielder, Kenny Lofton, uh, was balling out and bullying Chet Holmgren yesterday. Itty-bitty-fitty. Swipe left, swipe right on the Kenneth Lofton Jr. hype, including people saying we got another Zach Randolph in the league. I'm going to swipe
0: right just in pure pure spite to tick you off. Because you are anti-Summer League hype. man. look, mm-hmm. it is outrageous because two nights ago, Chet Holmgren was the GOAT. Yep. Last night he Six was getting, blocks. Yeah. Six blocks. Never and, happened uh, before.
1: Yeah. It, De- it was a Summer League record. Doesn't matter that he looked like Slenderman running up and down the court. <laughs> he had six blocks.
0: Uh, and last night, he was getting his ass kicked. So, I'll swipe right just in pure spite of, of your Summer League watching experience.
1: I, the thing that, the reason why I hate it is because we overrate these guys. Like, Kenny, Kenny Lofton is an underdog. All right, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is an underdog. He's like Jeremy Lin. And I love guys that don't fit into people's perception of the NBA because those are the guys who can shock you. And so when you overhype a player who's underrated, it, it takes away the fun of watching somebody underrated. It's also summer league. Swipe left. Knock this crap off. Oh, my God. All right. It is Radio Tinder, if you guys are just joining us. In impromptu Radio Tinder, uh, Brian sending in. Sam will be the starter week one because Baker will still be behind learning the offense. Uh, Swipe left on that. If it was the first week of training camp that they traded for Baker, I might buy that. He's got an additional month on top of this. He's got 63 days to learn the Panthers offense. That's enough to learn the offense and become the starter. And also, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Sam isn't any good. What I'm you- going to swipe left
0: because, and look, I thought they could win eight games with Darnold, but Baker's a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. If, if Matt Rule, week one with the Browns in town, Trots Sam Donald out as the starting quarterback.
1: Just fire his ass on the spot? No, we're taking him to the
0: same volcano
1: Flounder's going to. <laughs> like, he, he gets the same treatment. We need get, we get to sacrifice him to the NFL gods yes. in hopes that we can get a good coach. Yes. Uh, all right, M-Dog saying uh, on the Garage Door Guru text line, Popcorn and snacks at the movie theater should not be that expensive. Swipe right. One. I, I hate when people dog on going to the movie theater because I love going to the movie theater. Yeah. There's something, I love that communal experience of walking. It's like, to me, it's very similar to the thing I love about sports, about celebrating something you're interested in and taking a chance with your hard-earned dollars that it might, like, I'm really trying to, I'm really thinking hard about going to Thor Love and Thunder tonight. Without me. Without you, without anybody. But because I just love the movie theater experience, but $7 for a a bucket of popcorn is too much, dog. It's way too much.
0: Can I have a hot take here? Sure. I don't mind them charging for the popcorn because their popcorn is better than any popcorn I can make at my house.
1: That's actually not the worst take you've had.
0: It's the drinks where, like, I should have to pay 12 bucks for 16 ounces of soda. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind paying for the popcorn.
1: Yeah, when when I get the same size drink for McDonald's for like a buck 25 or whatever, <laughs> 99 cents for the sweet tea, maybe don't be a D and maybe don't overcharge me in the pop. That's a really good point. And the candy, guys, I'm 36 years old. I still absolutely take my own candy into uh, the movie theater. It's called Baggy Shorts. Look it up.
0: I always just pay for the Reese's Pieces because that's the only candy I eat at the movie theater.
1: I don't know, man. Twizzlers. I used to love Twizzlers as a baseball snack. And now Twizzlers is one of my go-tos in the theater as well. Uh, Getting more radio Tinder from you guys here. uh, The bagel guy saying you will jump on the Baker playoff wagon. Should I do it? You know what? I'm going to save. My guarantee. McClain's already on the wagon. Uh, No, no, no. He has not applied for certified. <laughs> I am, I am the, I am the, an imperial swarm trooper, which means I am on the Hornets bandwagon, and the chieftain of the Hornets bandwagon was Stan Norfleet, and I am the absolute skipper of the Baker Mayfield bandwagon in Charlotte. Chris McClain will get on there when I say he can get on there. However. I have a guarantee that I will bestow. I'm gonna go hot take later in the show. Uh-oh. Right now, I'm not. I will. I refrain from swiping left or right. Itty bitty fitty. What say you? I'm gonna swipe right. I thought
0: they were an eight and nine football team with Darnold. That was my official prediction when we got the schedule. I haven't re-racked it yet. They're they're a 10-win football team with Baker Mayfield. 10 wins in the NFC. Get you in the playoffs.
1: Uh, This 704 number saying, uh, Radio Tinder, Beth Troutman says (laughs) something inappropriate (laughs) next Thursday at 1040 despite being on vacation. The best part about the bit with Beth is that's just who Beth is. Mm -hmm. This is why we love Beth so damn much, because if you think she says some things on air that that are like, what did she just say? Off air. Unfiltered. Unfiltered Beth Troutman. Honestly, she should take over for Stern. That's how damn funny she is off the air. And, oh, by the way, that's, I, she's pretty damn funny on air, too.
0: Yeah, I'll swipe right because she can't help herself. She She's brought a lot out of us. I mean, she brought Ramsey out of me, resting sit face out of you. But <laughs> she's brought a lot of her own self during the bit with Beth. So she'll be doing something with her husband, and she'll have a confession or two when she comes back from vacation. I,
1: I just don't feel comfortable anytime somebody mentions the word confession now <laughs> because I really thought Beth had ended the show as we know at Darden on Radio Tinder on the guest line saying, uh, the show The Boys on Amazon. Swipe right. So I haven't watched the latest. So I watched the first full episode. It's really tough to get around to watching it again because it's just so graphic and so uh and there's just nothing about it that my kids can watch. But what I can tell you is I love the first season, and I, I'm i wrapping up The Sopranos right now. I may or may not be, uh, be, if I don't go to Thor tonight, I might be starting the next season of The Boys tonight. What, what about you, Ibif?
0: I'm going to have to swipe left just because I've never seen it. I've heard great things about it, but I, I haven't ventured into it because it's on Amazon, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have an Amazon account. So so
1: you're the one person that doesn't have an Amazon account? If somebody
0: wants to gift me their Amazon account
1: Mm. ahead of football season, I'll be thankful. Mm. TFB saying Nick Wilson deserves the first Baker Mayfield interview in Charlotte. Swipe right. Uh, Emily and Baker probably listening right now. By the way, Bossy Buell is two scoops first night in. The Panthers organization probably listening. They're big Nick Wilson fans. Um, I demand on air. I demand the first interview with Baker Mayfield in studio. I just want to be able to look into the peepers of Baker and Emily and just uh, just chew the fat, have some, some discussion, I I'm, demand it.
0: I'm gonna swipe right, but I'm also swiping right on you. Because you, my man, you stayed strong. While the others got weak and grew tired and weary of the Baker Mayfield conversation. Why, the text line pleaded for you to quit talking about Baker Mayfield. Telling me to get my fat ass back to Cleveland, no less. You talked it into existence, and I went to Dad and was like, Dad, radio's getting hard. Mm-hmm. Just give us Baker. Mm-hmm. And he and then he just fleeced the Browns. Yep. We just got to give up maybe at, at, at best a fourth-round pick, at yeah. the worst a fifth-round pick? This is all... This is all because of you.
1: Listen, Scott Fitter deserves some credit because he sent in the financials. I am in the unique position to grease the wheels for Cleveland and to grease the wheels for Carolina. And I would like to say, single-handedly, not only did I manifest it on air, I bullied both teams <laughs> into making this team. I tweeted at them. I subconscious, I, te- I telepathically sent them by Gomas until they got this trade done all those guys in both organizations can rest easier today, because Nick Wilson's off the warpath. We, uh... Can we just trade for that Baker guy? Yeah, that's Nick Wilson guy. He's, uh... He's, he's really... He's letting us have it on the radio, and uh, Big Daddy Tep just ain't about that, okay? <laughs> um... Ooh. Big T from NC saying, Nick, have you been breathing heavier than normal since watching The Sopranos? More cussing, more hand gestures. <laughs> uh the amount so there are specific words like the word gabagool is mentioned a lot in the first season get gabagool yeah and i can't there's just some it's a funny word i've never actually had gabagool but it's just i just want to keep saying gabagool because that's funny to me there are a lot of words that have subtly worked their way into the show over the last couple of weeks while i've rewatched the sopranos and uh, i also killed a guy on the side of the road i mean he crossed me <laughs> all right you don't cross the boss
0: do you have a a, a a Tony Soprano impression?
1: No. Because no. it's
0: really hard to get that voice down.
1: No, it really is. You Without know what? saying a cuss word. Well, And, and, and because it, it it just turns into a really bad Marlon Brando impression. Yeah, I'm Tony Soprano. Yeah, I'm going to have you whacked if you don't listen to me. See, now it's Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, NASCAR Brad saying on Radio Tinder here, using your turn signal in the parking lot. I'll swipe left. It's a freaking parking lot, man. The parking lot matters, though. All right? If if you're down at uh, Stonecrest—I almost said Stonehenge. If you're down <laughs> by Stonecrest, where you're in between the Michaels and Target and Harris Teeter, and you just stop and you don't use your turn signal, blagoma to you. But if you're in, like—if you're, like, out of the doctor's office— Actually, no. No, if you're... Yes, turn signals. I would rather people use their turn signals too much than not enough, which I'm going to tell you right here. I love this town. I love this region. I am a de facto southerner now. And I absolutely... It drives me crazy how many people don't use their damn turn signal in this town. We don't use it enough in this town. So swipe right on using your turn signal when and ever possible. If that means uh, a parking lot, then that's where we're going. You probably don't use your turn signal law. You're probably that POS. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm anti
0: turn signal guy.
1: Keep sending in your radio Tinder suggestions here. Dynamic Mark saying, uh, is it really a real edgy Sam Darnold moment? Swipe right. Sam Darnold right now, I don't know if Sam Darnold has ever been brought to rage before. I'm going to tell you right now, Sam Darnold is flat pissed. Sam Darnold doesn't realize how much Sam Darnold sucks. Ugh, can't believe they traded for Mayfield, bro, bro, bro. Like I was, I was slinging arrows in practice, bro. Like, do they realize, bro? You don't pay, you don't pay Sam Darnold, bro, to sit on the bench for 19 mil, bro. Uh, let's see. TFB saying Kai Jones will be the star and talk of NBA summer league this year. At least, you know, I'll swipe right. He'll have one game, much like Kenneth Lofton Jr., much like Chet Holmgren. He'll have one game where Twitter will be like, I told you about Kai Jones. They didn't tell you. I'm just going to swipe
0: right because I want you to have to come on air on Monday. After two Hornet Summer League games over the week where he's had like 80 points, 30 rebounds, and 15 blocks, and it was, it was playing like point
1: guard, <laughs> and we're like, should Should he take over point guard duties? Should Lebron yes. slide to the two? I, I want that radio on Monday. <laughs> uh, all right, seven hundred four number saying. People who reply all to, or sorry, reply all to email, swipe left and block those. Some be straight to hell. We we have had this ongoing issue internally in this building about reply all, and every time it's like it's like uh, it's like the Godfather three. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. There was a point where, like two weeks ago, somebody reply all to an email <laughs> from seven months ago about the former boss. We had a different boss. That was the we best part. We changed bar. bosses, and I got a damn reply email. <laughs> what are we doing? If you can't tell the difference between Reply and Reply All, go to the glue factory! Get the hell out! Move out of my country! Move out of my building! Not, this is nonsense! They're two distinctly different functions! Guys, emailing is not that hard. It is the adult equivalent of cleaning up after yourself after you go to the bathroom! Alright, if you don't know how to email like proficiently, Just shut it down, all right? We'll put you in the loony bin or we'll send you to wherever they're going to send Forrest Gump when he wasn't smart enough to be in the normal school, all right? Good God, there is reply and there is reply all. I think it should be legal that the net, I feel like if somebody hits reply all and the first person isn't the problem, it's the 75 other mother lovers that do it, The, the second person to hit reply all, I should be legally assuming it's a male, I should be legally allowed to get one free punch on. I guarantee you send me around with these soup bones around this damn office, knocking people out who hit reply all, I guarantee you we wouldn't have a reply all problem. Okay, I blacked out. What what were we talking about? Reply all emails. Oh. It's got to stop. Braden Gall, next on Sports Radio, 92.7 FNC. (laughs) Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Baker Mayfield Day is ongoing. Uh, The celebration is, I celebrated from the moment. 133. Ian Rappaport sent out the tweet yesterday. I'm not stopping anytime soon. More on the Baker move here in a little bit. But uh, while the Carolina Panthers finally feel complete, it still feels like we are Just at the very beginning phases of what is ultimately going to be radical reconstruction of the college football landscape. The latest was UCLA in USC, but here in ACC country, we're worried about what the hell is going to happen to this conference. To go ahead and talk about it from the SEC point of things of Athlon Sports ESPN Radio. Uh, He also has the SEC podcast Fringe Element, The Great Brayden Gall joins us on the guest line right now. Braden, welcome back to the show, buddy. What's
2: going on? How are you?
1: I Well, I just riffed on reply all people um, saying I should be legally allowed to assault them and the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield within the last 24 hours. So this is about as good as it's going to get for me. Oh,
2: The, the unnecessary reply all, reply all is one of the worst things that happens in current American society. Like, let's just be honest. Um, you you don't need to tell everybody, every detail of the conversation. Sometimes you just need to tell the one person I'm with you on that.
1: What, what is actually worse? The person who has no idea they're replying all or the person who knows exactly what they're doing is just a narcissist.
2: Ooh, that's a great question. Um, yes, the answer is yes. Um, I I think the narcissism is worse. I, I, you know, I hope one day that when I'm, God willing, 75 or 80 years old, that, that my family forgives me for doing stupid things with technology. So I'm going to go with the narcissist, but the answer is yes. Yeah.
1: Braden Gall on the guest line here. I guess we'll get to the college football landscape. Uh, so Texas and OU joined the SEC uh, a, a year ago. A, a year later, you see uh, USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Uh, what is the SEC's response to the latest uh, shot across the bow in conference realignment?
2: Uh, nothing, honestly. Um, they don't have anything to worry about because they there's still outside of Notre Dame, there's not a property that is acquirable currently in our current landscape that does any damage truly to the SEC. I mean, the, the Big Ten could go get Oregon and Washington today, and that and that helps their TV contract, that boosts the numbers. But I don't think it makes the slices of the pie any bigger for, for the big 10, uh, it gives, it helps with some geography, which doesn't seem to matter anymore. And it helps with some like cohesion of the West coast and maybe some more in-depth ties between the PAC 12 and the big 10, but that doesn't, that doesn't challenge the SEC. And again, this is where I think people like out because LA was such a huge TV market and USC and UCLA are such big brands. That move makes sense from a TV standpoint. But I think, you, I think people are thinking about this incorrectly. The real prizes are right where you are, which is the state of North Carolina and the state of Virginia. Those are the real prizes, and it's not necessarily because of TV markets, although Charlotte is a great one. It, 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 is, about, it is about commanding, recruiting strongholds along with people that watch your product from D.C. down to Rock Hill, South Carolina. That, that is where the SEC and the Big Ten have no presence. From an actual in-state school, sure, we know that those two those two conferences go into the North Carolina and Virginia areas and recruit like crazy. It's why the Big Ten added Maryland; they wanted to be in the DMV. But but when you think about what is the long-term stability for these conferences, it's about big brands that play in big games. But it's almost equally as important. It's about dominating and building recruiting strongholds and with the movement of people south into the Sun Belt including this
1: oh let's pop him on hold there see he had me like I was right on the hook there with Braden Gall talking about conference realignment and maybe what might be the next move for the SEC and I I think what he's saying, and this goes doubly for the Big Ten, we're going to try and get Braden Gall back on as I think we just, uh, we just dropped him there. We've been having some phone issues. So we've wanted to try and get Edgy Sam Darnold in today. We're having some phone issues. We're working through it. But when we get Braden back, I do think what he's saying is interesting because the Big Ten and the SEC, from here on out, they can be as choosy as humanly possible in conference realignment. Like Oregon is a big fish. Oregon is a big old fish that any conference would be happy to reel in. But if you're the Big Ten, you're not going to make that move and set those terms until you get Notre Dame and that situation settled. Whether, whether that's Notre Dame joining the ACC, whether that is Notre Dame joining the SEC, the Big Ten, whatever how wild it gets. But when we get Braden back here, I think what he was saying was really interesting. The idea that North Carolina and Virginia are more valuable territories for the SEC. Because one of the questions that I'm most interested in hearing him answer was whether North Carolina and Virginia Tech would be more intriguing than Clemson and Florida State. Because from a program perspective, I'd rather have Clemson and Florida State in the Big Ten than I would North Carolina and Virginia Tech. But it doesn't sound like that's where we're headed here. So, Braden Gall of Athlon Sports of the Fringe Element podcast on the guest line once again. Braden, welcome back to the show. You were in the midst of a great point about the value of North Carolina in Virginia to the SEC. Um, so, i in, so, in
2: the Big Ten. Or, in the Big Oh, in the Big Ten. Oh, matter, the Big Ten. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'll wrap it up. I, I think the, the, the point is, though, that is the battleground right now in my mind. It's, do you end up with Virginia Tech and North Carolina? Does the Big Ten end up with Virginia and Duke? Do they end up taking North Carolina and Duke? Do you split up the teams in North Carolina? What does the legislator in both of those states do if those schools get get broken? Because I'm pretty sure the legislative bodies in both those states would be absolutely furious and do everything in their power to try to keep Virginia and Virginia Tech together and, and some of those schools in North Carolina together. So, I, you know, can you guarantee contracts of competition over the years? I, I don't know. But to me, the, the battleground outside of Notre Dame, which is kind of its own thing, sitting on, on its uh, on its own out there, which the SEC wants to be independent and the Big Ten wants to have it. Outside of that, I think the true battleground are those two states because they're both bordering the Big Ten and the SEC. And the first conference that can get in there and put some strongholds down, put some roots down and claim those two states as territory is it's not only worth more money; it's worth more players, and 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 what's more important than players right now in college football?
1: So, if I can suppose the hypothetical, if the Big Ten or the SEC could choose between North Carolina and Virginia Tech right now, or Clemson and Florida State, you think they would choose North Carolina and Virginia Tech?
2: Well, so and you, you can you can probably correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think Carolina is ubiquitous brand in the state so I think if if you're going after one and one only in the state of North Carolina you're going after UNC I I think Colt like if just having been to both campuses so often and been around people at Virginia and Virginia Tech it's pretty obvious which one walks talks and acts like an SEC school and which one walks and talks and acts like a Big Ten school Uh, the Virginia is clearly a Big Ten school and Virginia Tech is clearly an SEC school so um, if it's up to, if it, if, it, if, if I, I'm going to use my words carefully here, if I was in charge and I'm in the SEC and I'm in Birmingham, I'm going after North Carolina and Virginia tech as hard as possible.
1: Braden, looking to Notre Dame, do you, a lot of people have said for Notre Dame, all right, they can save the ACC or at least stave off execution for the ACC by joining as a football member, uh, or that they could go to the big 10. Do you think there's uh, how much of a chance do you think there is that the SEC could make a run at Notre Dame?
2: I, a big one. The same same chance that that another that uh, the Big Ten will go after Miami, for example. I think Miami would be a really great fit in the Big Ten. From again, from an identity standpoint, culturally, a recruiting foothold down in South Florida, behind enemy lines, quote unquote, for the Big Ten would be huge. Um, I, you know, Florida State and Clemson are fascinating because they're such big brands. They'll deliver big ratings and TV. But like the SEC, sort of already has both two of those at home. You know, as I tell my kids, like <laughs> you know, like. Like, we already have a Clemson at home. We're not buying one now. Like, we, we are, you know... And, and so, I, Notre Dame is very similar in the big in the Midwest. Like, they kind of already have all of those, but the Big Ten needs it way more than the SEC needs it. And, frankly, Notre Dame doesn't need any of it. And, you know, everyone says that, oh, if, if, if the ACC, when they had all that leverage in 2020, couldn't bring Notre Dame in, it'll never happen. I do agree that it'll never happen, but I don't believe they had any leverage. Like, I, I, I think, like... BYU and Coastal Carolina played after scheduling it five days ahead of time. You're telling me Notre Dame wasn't going to get a schedule if they really wanted it? Like I, I, I don't buy that. So, again, I think there's this thought process that the ACC had some sort of massive leverage that they failed to use. I just don't think they had the leverage that people think. And their only choice was to say, all right, we'll let you in and we'll, we'll maximize our profits this year on, on what turned out to be a really great Notre Dame team. And, and that was it. I don't think they had any other choice. And so I, I think, you know, if the Big Ten grabs Stanford and all of a sudden there's Stanford, USC, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Indiana, all very natural long-term rivals for Notre Dame and the Big Ten, that creates a little bit of leverage for the Big Ten. But the only reason Notre Dame will join a conference, in my opinion, is if there is a true breakaway to the playoff. If, if the SEC and the Big Ten have their own playoff and you have to be in one of those two conferences to play in the playoffs, That is the only time that Notre Dame will join the Big Ten. And frankly, the SEC, if we're we're in a two-horse race here, and the SEC and the Big Ten are the horses, why would the SEC do anything to help the other horse? So right now, the SEC has vested interest in not pushing Notre Dame into the arms of the Big Ten. So Notre Dame doesn't want to do it. As long as they've got path to a playoff and their own TV contract, and heck, they could even break up their, their schedule even more and sell it to more partners if they want to. And so I I don't, like, I don't see Notre Dame doing anything anytime soon. I don't, you know, this goes back to the ultimate question on all of this, which is there's a breakaway coming. There's going to be a breakaway playoff, breakaway rules, breakaway governing body, breakaway of everything. Is it 40 teams and a lot of really great programs like Louisville and Pitt and Wake Forest and NC State and Virginia Tech get left behind? Or is it a 60 or 70 team breakaway and all those power five programs we've, to love over the last 50 years are all included in the playoff race i think that is the only real question we should be asking ourselves and i think it's very clear which one is better for college football it is the 65 or 70 team breakaway and i just i don't have faith in that happening um but i'm but i'm hopeful that that some of our better angels get a hold of ourselves and we stop this consolidation because i think it will ultimately hurt the game
1: Follow this man on the Twitter at Braden Gall, and again check out the Fringe Element podcast. He's trying to steal North Carolina from us, guys. Uh, Braden, <laughs> you're great as always, man. Really do appreciate your time.
2: Hey, listen, I, I love all the schools in North Carolina, okay? I love that I can go back into Carter-Finley Stadium after coming out at halftime and drinking. So I'm good with somebody in North Carolina coming to our territory. You know oh, what I mean?
1: Oh, now now we can really – NC State to the SEC, I think. Now, let's just make that deal right now. Be good, buddy.
2: All right, man.
1: Braden Gaul there on the guest line. Again, check out the French Element podcast. Check out his work on Athlon Sports. We got a lot to get into. We'll get back to conference realignment later in the show, but the bridge to nowhere next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.